0: I had a fry every day the summer, working on building sites. You know. Now again, we didn't win, so maybe it was the right thing to. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been there to the food and the pasta. OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7:30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB
1: AM with Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. All
2: right, Alan Quillen is with us. Alan, good morning to you. How are you getting
0: on? Morning, lads. Um, thanks.
2: Natural order restored at the weekend, an absolute hammering <laughs> handed out by the All Blacks to Argentina and Springboks beating Australia. Uh, so is that is that the truth of the situation? Is that really where we are at the moment? The previous week was a bit of a fluke, or what's what do you think?
0: It's it's difficult to, to gauge where they're all at now. Um Ger, I think uh you know, we had a situation with Ireland where they won that second test, and you think is there going to be that kind of a reaction in the third test? Um, that didn't happen. Ireland obviously went on and won. This was a similar situation for Argentina. Could they kind of deal with kind of that angry response from, from New Zealand? Um, and they weren't able to. It was a complete role reversal from last week. It was New Zealand struggled at the breakdown. Argentina were very physical... Winning last week and the opposite was the case this week. In fact, in both matches, it was the opposite. It was an angry reaction that Argentina and Australia couldn't deal with. Um, so yeah, the way the rugby results are gone, the rugby championship results are gone. They're, they're, they're quite strange. Um, you get one big performance and then you lose the following week and vice versa. And it's been happening to all the teams and Argent, um, New Zealand are top of the top of the pile now on ten points. The Four teams they've both they've played four, lost two, won two, each of them. But um, they were pretty ruthless, uh, New Zealand, this week. I think the conditions were really terrible in Hamilton, and their accuracy and execution was so much better, and they were very aggressive. And um, so I think that gives them hope again. That and, I, and I've said this probably from since before the Ireland tour. Um, I think this team are impatient. They're obviously not as good as the teams that won previous World Cups, and, and particularly the team in 2015, which was probably one of the best teams we'll ever see. Um, but given that, you know, for the first time in their history last week, they lost three consecutive home matches, um, they're breaking, making a lot of kind of un- unwanted records, if you like, this group. But Ian Foster stuck with the the same players this week and give them a chance and they did respond but um I don't think they've been properly coached. Um it sounds crazy for you know historically the best team in the world. Um they were Joe Schmidt is obviously kind of involved with a hands on approach now and um I think they're a side that and, and what I've seen in the last few months is they're pretty impatient to try and score after two, three, four phases. And they're probably used to doing that. And then when it doesn't happen, they force things a little bit. And, um, so I think they, they probably, uh, can take a lot of confidence out of that. And it was a ruthless performance. They were very, very aggressive, aggressive. But if you're a New Zealand rugby fan now, you would want them to be consistent, even if they lose a game here and there, which they probably will, uh, going forward that they're in the fight and it's not. It's not uh, a poor performance that they're getting, but that was so much better from them this week.
2: Um, one of the things that you wanted to talk about was the, the difference between the referees week on week in the Rugby Championship. Um, and it's always interesting because like, uh, very subtly between the first and the second test, Ireland brought up that specific issue of the New Zealanders coming through the rooks and uh, taking the man out on the far side of the ruck. They got pinged for it the following week. We got a lot of penalties. It helped us flip field position, and we won the game. I'm not saying it's the only reason we won the game, but certainly it helps. Um, it,
0: ma- it makes a huge difference, sure. It makes and, a huge difference. And that was that was the issue for Ireland. And again, the last two weeks, complete change in the, the refereeing and the decisions that went to either side.
2: And uh, last week, I was going to just make the point that uh, the New Zealand coaching ticket made a big play about uh, bodies not rolling away and lying on the side of the ruck. And check is like, well, you'd know all about it. And uh, lo and behold, something changes this week, and you're kind of thinking, like I, again, not to bring it all back to Razi, but Razi goes on this crazy offensive. The video gets leaked, and it just seems as if if you're not complaining about the referee, if you're not in advance warning the referee about the opposition, then you're not playing the game at the moment.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 becoming very very frustrating for for coaches right across the board. Um, from URC to Champions Cup to international matches, um, you, you get a bad performance and you get some kind of crazy decisions. And we, we see what's happening with VAR in, in the Premier League at the moment. You know, you have video referees, I think, uh, trying to help the referees out, out on the fields And rugby is very difficult at times. You know, it's hard to... It's very easy to go back and look in videos and see players coming in from the side, players not rolling away. Um, different things that's, that should have been penalised, not getting picked up. Um, and <laughs> rugby's a game that seems to kind of go one way very, very much. Everyone will have a decision here or there. But I thought in both those games last week, um, the referee was, was was really poor in the Argent- New Zealand-Argentina game and the Australia-South Africa game. Um I thought that it was very inconsistent, and it does have a massive effect. And you you correctly point out that Ireland had big issues with New Zealand at the breakdown in that first test in July. Um, They were highlighted, and a lot of stuff changed the following week. Um, And Jaco Piper ref the second test, and you could continually hear him warning New Zealand about side entries taking players out beyond the breakdown, which didn't, wasn't penalised in the first test. And the, the frustration, the crazy thing there, I, I couldn't believe that New Zealand kept doing the same thing because I always remember Joe Schmidt and, and stuff coming out of the Irish team when they went through that period from kind of 14 up to the World Cup that he had this policy of, um, you know, highlighting incidents after a game that weren't penalised probably should have and could have been penalised against Irish players and how they prevent those kind of pictures that they're presenting. New Zealand didn't adapt to that situation at all from the first test to the second test. And then lo and behold, I think it was three or four penalties in in, 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 in the in Dunedin, that second test that they were penalised against and we saw a lot the similar trait last week. Um, Paul Williams refereed the the Australia-South Africa game. Um, I thought some of these decisions were decisions were baffling. Um, and they had a big effect on the result and, uh, and caused a lot of frustration to the South Africans. Uh, Nika Amash Ukeli, the, the Georgian referee, who's relatively in the, inexperienced at international level. I thought he was really, really poor in that that first test. Um, and if you're getting away with stuff, I know it from my own kind of experience. If you're getting away with kind of slowing ball down at breakdowns and stuff like that by the referee, you're gonna keep doing it. It's it's not that um um it's just if a referee doesn't warn you, you're you're gonna keep fighting for the ball and um you know lying on the wrong side and all that stuff. And and obviously when you play New Zealand you want to try and stop their flow. So I thought last week the referee was really, really poor. I listened to Nigel Owens talking about it as well and he kind of he was the one who was really. I had this feeling after the game, but he spoke openly about it last week, and that needs to be sorted out. That you get it, you you, you don't need a Razi Rasmus or. But yeah. all these coaches, sir, do they all do this? I know that but internally. I, yeah,
2: I know we we know that they do it internally. Like, uh, not to revisit and uh, relitigate it, um, but like the leaking of it is the is the bit where. Uh, and I, I think as well the um, the tone and the language that was used. But I, I, you know, if you're not doing that now, if you're not trying to influence the referee, then you're actually putting your team at a disadvantage because they they do seem to be very easily influenced.
0: Yeah, well, I think uh, Joel Juge, um, the head of the referees, like he will do the feed, give the feedback to all these players. And in fairness, um, they, they'd be pretty harsh on on decisions. They go through with a fine tooth comb, so it's hard being a referee and. You know, Razzie's thing probably um, is not the right approach because, um, you know, you're you're kind of turning guys away. In fairness, they get very much exposed. They get a lot of abuse online, um, which we don't want to create a situation like that. But I, I think collectively, without kind of individualizing this, there's always going to be one or two decisions where, you know, a team have a line out five yards out. They go up. Somebody grabs a hand. It's not seen by the referee. It's not seen by the assistant referees and the opposition when the ball cleared their lines. That tri- that that situation was a try-scoring opportunity for a team, and maybe would have won the game. You have a culmination of those little things: at scrums, at breakdown, um, a couple of decisions that were wrong, and you end up with six, seven, eight of these decisions in a game, and they do influence the scoreline big time and it's the inconsistency of these situations so the kind of directives from last season particularly to start of this season was l- less input from the TMO um, if possible yeah so the message you're sending now is well don't intervene in these little situations where I think they just need to work better. Quiddy were we not, not, were we not
1: 18 th- months ago going TMOs were free in the games? like it, particularly because we ended up quite often where the the more senior referee was the tmo rather than the referee on the pitch
0: yeah absolutely and we did we didn't want that and nigel owens who we, i reference again he was one saying that they instinctively they have to referee the game themselves but um you know assistant referees are always pulling for the offside line they need to watch these small intricate things side entries and stuff like that and um, it's hard in the referee. You you, you need to have a, a, a swivel on your, your head to, to see some of the stuff that's going on. Maybe a situation, Nathan, where the TMO can talk directly to the referee without everybody hearing it, that something has gone on that they need to have a look at. But look, it's a fine line between, um, between stopping the game up. But I, I, my point is here... Last week you had lots of these incidents, Yeah. and this week I think you've two ref games that ref- are refereed better. Yeah, and we're seeing a lot of that.
2: And look, I mean, we're,
0: see- we're seeing a reaction kind of performance from the referees. So look, it's a difficult job, but definitely. Um, and and oh, I like,
2: you, you do forget as well that obviously you hope that this is the referees. You know, and the panel of good referees being built and broadened so that by the time the World Cup rolls round, we're not left with inexperienced referees who are crumbling under the pressure. As we've seen at World Cups before, you know, like, wasn't it the and Scotland? To, and, to
0: be fair, and to be fair, Ger, they do review the games and they're kind of, yeah. they do get a fair rap on the knuckles from Joel Juge and all the time.
2: Yeah, no, and um, that's as it should be, really. You wanted to ask about the Emerging Ireland stuff.
1: Yeah, obviously this was announced last week, so they're going for a three-game mini-tour in South Africa. I was listening to Mike Prendergast uh, talk about it from a Munster point of view and how, again, they're just going to have to adapt and accept the fact that the player is going to be missing for what will probably end up in maybe up to a month, uh, all in. And whether it's the right thing to do mid-season to be bringing these players away from their province, like it does seem to undermine the URC massively.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard. It's a hard one. And obviously, you know, the international team will get preference, and 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 you know, it's it's twelve months from now they'll be in France for a World Cup. So um, I didn't know anything about this, or very few people knew anything about it. Um, I think the, the the provincial squads, the four provincial squads throughout Ireland, will will obviously deep down be a little bit frustrated. They're trying to build for you in two weeks. They, Well, it's the the weekend after next. They're in URC action, and um, you don't want to start out. You know, in particular, once they're away to Cardiff, then they're away to Dragons. Um, If they get a number of their players taken out, you know, will it affect those early rounds? Leinster can probably cope with it a little bit better, um, depending on when their internationals are kind of integrated. I don't think they'll play the first couple of games, Um, but. Yeah, certainly, it's uh, it's kind of a catch twenty two. If if it depends the caliber of player that's brought, um, like I presume it'll be some of these guys who are in New Zealand, um, and it's a difficult situation because if they go there and play games and it benefits them, and we're talking about this next year at World Cup, saying it was a master stroke that you know Ireland developed more strength and depth, uh, built more confidence. Um, got that block of kind of coaching and preparing together, we'd be saying it's a great thing, but it, it it's it's a tricky one. I'm not really sure, um, but look, the provinces have big squads. They've got to adapt and just go with it. And uh, usually the Irish provinces are up near the top of the table anyway. So I don't think you get any sympathy from, from the Welsh or from the Scots or the Italians.
2: Um, Like, does Kieran Frawley go and play
1: every minute of that half or do they um That'll be the interesting thing as Quinny said is is this a reaction to the New Zealand tour where there wasn't much experimentation and while those guys got the midweek games that do they now bring them down again and actually give them a lot of game time. I guess part of it Quinny as well is getting used to that environment of games quickly together reacting how the Ireland management team works, how they analyse games, how they feedback information and and getting players used to it, but I, I think that'll be the most interesting thing. Is it the Kieran Frawleys, or is it a level below that? Guys who are maybe even barely getting into the provincial s- squads.
0: Yeah, well, we don't we don't know that yet. So um, I I think look if you're, I think that you'd kind of be handpicking a number from each province to try and keep it fairly even, if 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 possible. You know, if you take ten or twelve from from Leinster and three from Munster and four from Connacht or you know, four or five from, from Ulster. I think if they kind of balance it out a little bit, there won't be much given out. But look, they've got to pick who they think is best. You're um, not bringing Jack Cardy. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think someone like well, Jack Crowley and Munster, if you're talking about an out-half with potential to maybe you bring, to maybe get up the next maybe, level.
2: Like Cardy, obviously was injured and so couldn't mm-hmm. go, and so maybe you do bring Cardy and say this is a chance for you to get into the World Cup squad. And we're gonna pitch you like it's a fight between you and Frawley to play these three games and how you appear in training and how you appear in the meetings is what we're judging you on. Like I, I don't know.
0: Unless Yeah, and, and if it's if it's an emerging Ireland, I think it's it's kind of the next level down. I think the whole reason of of having the the matches would be to bring, you know, probably from thirty onwards, um, you know, not from fifty onwards. You Jacob, know what I mean? It's Jacob not-
2: Stockdale, is he in the squad?
0: Yeah, well, if he's back playing and that's a big boost for Ulster and Ireland as well. He's been out for over a year, which is, um, you know, he's obvious obvious international quality and talent. So, yes, of course, he, I think he should go. But I think they could, they kind of bring as many as, um, it's the next level of guys who they think maybe they can get five or six of these guys to step up and really believe in them. You said it, Nathan, there. I think the whole benefit of being away for over three weeks together and as a group is the preparation, the individual stuff with the coaches, um, the video analysis, um, all that kind of stuff and building confidence and belief that they can, you know, step up to that international level. I've always said this and I've seen it in my own career when when young players come in training with the Irish squad, um, they kind of grow a foot taller. They believe that, you know, if it's managed right, some guys can lack a little bit of confidence if they, if they play and they don't play well. Um, but, Emerging players and young players being in in an environment that's pretty intense. And, you know, I think a lot of it would be to get them up to speed with um, the type of game, the type of coaching, and and maybe some of them might get a, a, you know, obviously a lot of them would get a look in then for Fiji for November and and with a possibility of and squeezing into the Six Nations squad. So overall, I think it'll be beneficial. And look, it has to happen. We've had, um, We've asked for things to be, you know, done differently uh, because of the disappointments of the last World Cup. This is something different. This isn't something they just picked and choose, decided to do after coming back from New Zealand. I think it was probably in the offing and the planning before that. And um, I think overall the the Irish squad and, and, and the World Cup preparations have to take, uh, have to take preference.
2: I think that's fair enough. I think um, if they didn't do something like this, and we were, you know, uh, so I wonder—is there something specific that they're looking for? Is it—is it, is it Frawley, like,
1: or
0: do they possibly? Well, but like I, they're like like going to I, South I Africa. Mean, maybe it's the
1: front row, and they're.
0: I, I think it's very difficult to go down and play the Griquas and the the cheetahs and and really know where they're at. Um, let's be honest, um, you know. Some of the provincial A teams could probably give them a a go or you know, I'm not being disrespectful. One thing they will get is a real physicality. There's no doubt about that. But from a skills point of view, I think they'll, they'll be fine. So you're not exposing these guys to international, uh, standard kind of pace, tempo, all that kind of stuff. But I think it's more the internal building blocks that they can, they can try and achieve with the group and spend time with the coaches because yeah. you know even though they're the Irish coaches you know they're around all the time they don't have this hands-on approach with a lot of these young players so I think they look at what well, they'll really look at the skill development and where guys need to work and what they need to do to get up to the next level so I think that could be incredibly beneficial for, for both sides
2: Alright we got to leave it there Alan good stuff thanks a million Cheers thanks guys
0: OTB
1: AM with Gillette